Hello, everybody, and welcome to show. I like show better than podcast. To the secret podcast. And you're not supposed to be listening to this. And remember not to tell anybody because it's a secret. Shh. It's a secret. Shh. All right, doing intro, but I'll also continue my comedy specials rant after our guest goes. So. This podcast is a special one. We have one of my closest friends on the podcast. Now, I like to share these stories before I even tell you who the guest is, mainly because this person, they just love a good surprise. So this guest, uh, this is the first story. Uh, This guest decided to start his very own professional basketball team. He used his money that he got from his hit record that he put out with his golden voice. Anyways, he wanted to own, manage, and play on this team. It, It was a whole thing, and what a legend for doing that. Almost, almost got into the NBA. The second story involves both this guest and myself. So in high school, this guest was really into this girl. Let's call her Jules. Anyways, our mutual friends said that he could get a fake ID. So we told this Jules person that we could supply her entire party with booze. And uh, I'll tell you what, there were some crazy happenings happening that night. And uh, I'm sure he'd love to tell you those stories. And I hope he does on this podcast. Uh, actually, those the stories actually aren't about Masso. Um, Masso. I think. Uh, he's a... I, I guess Masso is a work friend. I met a couple months ago when I started working at BTN. Um, seems pretty chill. I play video games with him and you know on some Fridays. But there's not really much else to say, I guess. I you but in reality... Michael Masson is one of my closest friends, and rarely is there a period of 24 hours that I don't talk to him via text or Discord. I'm extremely grateful for that fact. He's been our decider of arguments in sport between Peter Nuttall and I, our mediator between Peter and I's rivalry with Arsenal and Tottenham, coming in as a Bayern fan so he has no perspective what hardship feels like. And overall, he's just a delightful person to be have. To be have he's a delightful person to have in my life. Uh, I miss trying to spend every dollar I earned in Grand Rapids trying to visit him in Chicago, and I don't regret that in the slightest. Even though I'm not shithouse drunk in Chicago like we often found ourselves, and he would often say this to me and Pete when we visited, but man, I am man enough to say I I, I love this man. He's one of my closest friends. I love you, Masso. Uh, Many of you have noticed that I call him Masso instead of Masson. Uh, those of you who went to Farmington High School know him as Masson, not Michael or Masso, but that is because he has evolved into Masso, or rather, I once misspelled his name in a group chat, and Peter Nuttall ran with it, and it just kind of stuck. I'm stoked to have him on the podcast. He's one of my closest friends, my Rocket League partner, a big booty mix fanatic like me, a best friend turned work friend, and now a podcast guest. Everybody, Masso. Hey everybody, Mike Masson here, aka Masso, as you may have heard Marky so kindly refer to me as a longtime listener, first time contributor to Marky and Kyle's secret podcast that's not really a secret, but let's still try and keep it a secret. Uh, shout out to Marky and Kyle for allowing me the space, the time, and the platform to share with you today. So today I want to talk about timing and I've kind of, and this kind of comes from 
weird weirdness. Like I've had really weird coincidental coincidental timing in my life when it comes to my career and jobs that I could have and have had. And it all started in 2017. I had taken a job as a high school sports reporter in Wisconsin, in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, for a weekly newspaper. And I was also, I had applied to a bunch of jobs before I took this job. So I had a lot of stuff out there. And I took this job in Wisconsin. It was the first really full-time offer that I got. And it was at the point where I had to take it. It was time to leave, time to get on with my life, time to start my life, start my career. And the day that I moved out to Wisconsin, I get an email back from a, a summer internship workshop program from the Big Ten Network that I applied to. Literally hits my phone and my email the day I am driving to Wisconsin to start my life there. Why is that weird? Well, if I got that email two weeks earlier, I never would have took this job in Wisconsin. I would have probably kept my mindset on this Big Ten Network thing only. And instead, I got to experience something new, new lifestyle, and a new work environment in Wisconsin that uh, I'm really grateful for the fact that I did. Uh, anyway, I actually kept going in this process with Big Ten Network. Uh, ended up leaving my full-time job for this one-month summer workshop in Chicago that turned into a freelance offer where I would work for Big Ten Network for nine months out of the year uh, under contract with them for 40-plus hours a week or 40 or more hours a week. And I've been doing that now since, you know, ever since then. So I just finished my fourth season with Big Ten Network here in Chicago. It's great. I love it. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else right now, really, uh, just in terms of the, the type of work I do. I love being a video editor for Big Ten Network. I love what I do. I love the people I work with and all the content that we create. Uh, now, as a freelancer, I've always had my eye kind of open in one direction towards full-time jobs and different situations and, you know, different opportunities. And one presented itself. I saw this job opening uh, early 20 or was it early 2020 or late 2019. I applied for it at another sports television company. And I've gotten past like two interviews in this hiring process for this job. Uh, and I was actually scheduled to come out for an in-person interview for this place at the end of March last year. Well, then, of course, as we all know, COVID hit and the pandemic happened, and that got that interview was paused, that hiring process was paused, and actually canceled by the early by early summer. So, the pandemic happened. Uh, freelance work was done for Big Ten Network because there were no college sports. Uh, so in May, I decided to file for unemployment. I, was, I pushed it back as much as I could, and I figured, you know what, I might as well take advantage while I can. Well, literally two or three hours after I applied for unemployment, I got a call from my boss, Big Ten Network, about, hey, we've got a summer project. I know you've got a uh, a work-from-home setup. How would you like to do it? And, of course, I hopped right on it because it was back to work, making money again, and something to actually do in the middle of a pandemic. So no unemployment, never get on that. Again, weird coincidental timing. The day I apply for unemployment, I get a call from my boss. Who, like, of course, who would have thought? Weird. Uh, anyway, uh, once, now, I did that for the summer. August comes around, and the Big Ten pushes back its football season. And so Big Ten Network decided, hey, we're going to go back to full-time people working from home only until football comes back because we're not making a lot of money or any money, really, off the advertising or anything like that. So my boss calls me and says, hey, your last week is, like, next week or whatever. And then until sports comes back, we're back to where we were in the spring. I was like, okay, fine. I understood. I knew it was coming. That same day, I get an email from the aforementioned company that I applied for that I was about to do a in-person interview. And they're like, hey, our hiring process is resuming. Weird. Same day. 
And I'm thinking, how am I lucky? Like, one door closes, and instantly again, another door opens, and things looking better for me. So I didn't really hear anything from this company uh, for about a month or so. And then football came back to Big Ten football came back. And BTN was like, hey, welcome back. Finances are back on. Work from home, all that fun stuff. Great. Uh, and I heard from the company that said, hey, our, we've had some layoffs, some cutbacks. This job is no longer available. I'm like, all right, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll live with it. I'm back at Big Ten Network. I'm, I'm back to what I'm usually doing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, after football season, in I think it was January, February, I get a email from this company saying, "Our hiring, pro- we're, we're bringing this job back. If you're interested, uh, we'll give you kind of first dibs on the application." So I applied right away because I was still interested, and went through like two phone interviews for that, which brought brings me to about April this past year. And this is about the time of year when. I end my nine months at Big Ten Network and sit out for three for the summer and then come back at, you know, start of August. So I'm done with Big Ten Network. I have a third interview, a five-hour Zoom interview, the original one that I was going to have in person with this same company as I was going to have a year ago. Five-hour Zoom interview. This happens just a day after, or the, excuse me, a week after I finished my year at BTN. Again, weird timing. One door is partially closed. Another one's partially open. And I've kind of had this happen to me, you know, a lot in the past year, but a lot in general. And I don't know whether I should feel weird. Like, is it, am I a lucky person? Am I a fortunate person? Should I feel bad about it? Like, I don't spend, like, I haven't spent a lot of time worrying about my job status, I guess, in the world. And I don't know. I know there are people who are worried about that a lot, and it's it sucks with them. And like, I feel weird. Like, I don't know how to feel. I just don't know. So yeah, I don't know what the point of this whole rant was. It's just something that's always been on my mind, and very constantly is on my mind, especially right now. Uh, I hope it made some sense. If not, I apologize for wasting your seven minutes. I sorry, Marcus. I tried to. Try to keep this as short as possible. I went a little over. My apologies. Uh, so, yeah, there it is. Marky, I guess this is where you play the music that I don't really think is good. At least it's good in a podcast sense, so go ahead and play it. And Yeah, thanks, everybody. Back to it, Tom Segura, completely normal. One of his older and one of his better Santa specials, not his best. I think White Girls with Cornrows is probably my favorite special of his. Uh, next is Joe Rogan's tr- uh, Triggered. Honestly, I might have gotten confused with this and the other Joe Rogan special, but it's probably the exact same, let's be honest. Uh, for those of you who are just joining me and didn't listen to yesterday's, uh, this is one recording for me, all one go at six minutes and 30 seconds, but I'm going to break it up for you. Uh, I'm listing my favorite, or I'm just commentating on the Netflix comedy specials that I've seen as I scroll through. Um, all right, next is Donald Glover, weirdo. Where does this man get off? He, 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 has, he has no right being this good at stand-up after being so good at literally everything else he does. Is no art form safe? Just watch this if you haven't. It's it's so good. Uh, Anthony Anthony Jeselnik, thoughts and prayers. 
So remember how I said Joe Rogan goes for edgy, and if it's done right, it's good? Jesselnik does it extremely well. Uh, goes across some of the lines that even I'm not comfortable with, but when you make a good joke, pretty much nothing is off limits in my opinion. John Mulaney, new in town. It, it, it's a pure classic. Uh, he absolutely kills it, and this is his first of three on Netflix. He just absolutely announces himself as one of the best stand-ups at the time, and for damn good reason. Pete Davidson, alive from New York. I recently watched King of Staten Island, and it was very good. And it had some things that needed to be cut out of it and just didn't serve a purpose. And his stand-up is very similar. Uh, I'm all for the wrong honest as well, but it just seemed like he didn't work out all of his material and he just went on stage a little early for the special. He had some really great bits and some really funny lines, but and it's definitely worth a watch, but just kind of left something to be desired. Like it could have been better, but just wasn't there. Both of the uh, Nate Bergazzi specials, uh, Tennessee Kid and The Greatest Average American. I really, really enjoyed these. And The Greatest Average American is in COVID time, so that's interesting. Uh, but they aren't anything I would truly recommend to anyone who isn't like a big stand-up fan. Not as if he's like a pure stand-up guy, but his personality is delightful. And he's a good, chilly, chill-ass dude. But uh, these aren't laugh-out-loud, John Mulaney-style hilarious, but they are very good. All right. So I know I haven't mentioned even a single female comedian, but honestly, blame Netflix and blame me not watching a lot of comedy specials, I guess, recently. Uh, but I promise you it's mostly because of Netflix. I'm, I'm going to use that as an excuse. But we have some good ones coming up. Uh, and so the first one is Ali Wong, Baby Cobra. So I like Ali Wong. I remember watching her first special. I forget what it's called. And it's, and it's really, really good. But... Basically, every special now is just like I'm pregnant or I'm a woman and stuff like that, which it, it can be very good. There are good jokes in there, but it's just if you if you're not a huge diehard Ali Wong, I feel like it's just kind of repetitive because she's a funny person, but it's the same thing rehashed. Uh, next is Fortune Feimster. I always feel like I say her name wrong. Sweet and salty. Now, I haven't actually seen this one, but the special I remember seeing of her is fucking hilarious. She's probably the most raw, funny, like the most raw, hilarious female comedian I can name. But her specials just aren't as good as her in like a podcast or something like that. Next is Louis C.K. Hilarious. Honestly, he's a living legend. And if you hate him, totally get it. But his stand-up is seriously unrivaled. Maybe the best stand-up I've mentioned so far. Ari Shafir, double negative. I really just don't like Ari Shafir. I, I, just, I just don't. Uh, and I don't like his specials now either. Sarah Silverman, Speck of Dust. Uh, I'm not going to say her stand-ups are like really superb. They're, they're, they're very solid and they're good. And they're, they're kind of interesting because she goes into more like telling about her family and all that stuff. But I just really love Sarah, Sarah Silverman as a person. Her personality is fucking awesome and I would love to be friends with her. But... Let's be honest, she's too cool for me, and it just wouldn't work out. Louis C.K. live at the Comedy Store. Just seriously watch him. He's a living legend. Amy Schumer, the leather special. I remember when everybody was, like, talking about Amy Schumer and how she's a hack and all that stuff, and I do agree. The thing is, I do find Amy Schumer funny, like, as a person, but I just kind of think that she didn't evolve as a comedian and kind of stuck to her shtick and rode that out because it was super successful and it was doing really well. So I don't blame her for it. I just think that she had potential to be really good and then just kind of kind of just faded away. Uh, Kid Gorgeous by John Mulaney. 
if you are still listening to me at this point and don't know the special seriously go fuck yourself he's one of the best active comedians probably his best special he he's just unreal aziz ansari right now i know this special was a little weirdly received but i liked what he was going for i think it was ballsy and he went and what he went for worked in a way but people forget that aziz ansari was never a good stand-up he had that one special that everybody seemed to love in high school but people judge this for not being as funny as his first but he was just allowed and is a pretty good storyteller and just kind of a fun stand-up instead of like a pure stand-up with like really well-crafted jokes so it didn't shock me all that much with the special but i did appreciate what he was going for seth myers lobby baby surprisingly very very good uh, i'm always skeptical of like famous people or people who are like hosts or like doing other stuff that haven't been doing stand-up all too much and this, this is very good uh, Ryan Hamilton, happy face. After he stopped talking about how weird he looked, I kind of lost interest, and I, yeah, I just turned it off. Jerry Seinfeld, uh, 23 Hours to Kill. He's a legend for a reason. This shit's surprisingly great, uh, but not all that surprising, you know? Uh, all right, so I'm about out of these due to the scrolling, so I'm just going to talk about some that should get attention. Uh, all of Actually, I'm going to cap it there and do a marker. And all right, I'll see you next time. I want to keep going though.